I invite you to the book of James for a text this morning. James chapter 4, verse 14. And I believe the truth of this verse was on vivid display this past week. James 4, verse 14, the Bible tells us, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. I believe this is, has been on vivid display this past week, and I'd like to just go over just a little bit what we've already talked about, thinking about Brother Lester Whitmer, 53 years old. Lester woke up Monday morning and proceeded with the normal activities of the day, and business as usual was pumping concrete. And soon after dinner, he was tragically killed in a work-related accident, and Lester left behind a wife and five children and his mother, Martha. And we want to wish you God's blessings and comfort, Martha, during this time. For what is your life? It's even a vapor. John David Risser, 44. John woke up Wednesday morning with a work schedule to meet, just like most of us. And John was navigating a dangerous stretch, a rain-slicking road on quarter H, when he lost control of his big rig, big rig and was killed. John David also left a wife and six children behind. Two men in the prime of life were suddenly ushered from time into eternity. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Title the message this morning, For What Is Your Life? I'd like to read the context of these verses. Verse 14 is the text, but I'd like to read verses 13 to 17. Go to now, ye that say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live, and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, and all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not to him, it is sin." Brothers and sisters, no matter how long you live, whether it's 4, 24, 44, or 84, in the light of eternity, it is nothing but a vapor. Like a speed bump in the roadway, something short. And then our life soon vanishes away. God has given you and I a tremendous gift. He has given us life. God has made provisions for our salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. And God has given us of his continuing presence in the Holy Spirit. And Sister Martha, I commend you to that Holy Spirit, the Comforter, this morning. And I say praise his name. He's given us life. He's giving us uh, salvation through his son, Jesus. And he's given us the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And I say praise his holy name. And I think it's only reasonable that we, we give him our lives. What is it? I don't have this one in my notes, but I think it's 
Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Thank you. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Thank you, Samuel. Sometimes I must get a little scared when I'm in front of you all. I know I'm in front of friends, but thank you, Samuel. In the light of God's mercy, it's only reasonable that we give him our love and our service. First point of the message, it is foolish to live your life outside of God's will. When James wrote this book, who was his targeted audience? Anybody? You look in the first part of James, who did he address this book to? To the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Verse 13 here that we just looked at. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. James was addressing believers. James was addressing Christians. And do you think it's possible that we need this warning as well when we're told uh, that many people say we're going to do this and that and not consider much uh, God in the equation? It seems that the people were considered only with their own self-interest in their endeavors. And this kind of mindset flies directly in the face of Philippians chapter 2. Thinking of the example of, our Je of Jesus our Lord, Jesus says, or we are called to here in Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 to 8, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But what did he do? Verse 7 but he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, Jesus humbled himself and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So I say once again, it's foolish to live our lives outside of God's will. It's foolish. Let's move to verse 14. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? That's the title this morning. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. You and I, we don't know what we're going to face tomorrow. For a lot of people, think about the horrible flooding on the Gulf Coast. They, yes, I guess they knew somewhat was coming, but they didn't know how bad. Think about the catastrophic fires in the West. And if that's not going to affect you, any one of you could have COVID uh, this next week. Some do, and some maybe will shortly. And like, like we said, that um, the service back at McDowell this evening is canceled because of illness. We don't know what's coming. <clears throat> we need to be careful. Well, you can fill in the blank of our life and how it is just a vapor. For what is your life? I heard a quote this week when someone quoted or said something after Lester or John David passed away. They said four words. 
or maybe it's three, they said, life is fragile. And life at its best is short-lived. And it reminds me of my mother. She was 95. And there were times that I would tease my mother and I said, Mother, you're 95 years old. How did you get here so quick? Well, does that apply to any of the rest of you? How did you get here so quick? Even at best, even at long life, life is quick. My mother was born in 1925 and she died in 2021. 95 years is a long time. But you know what? My mother's gone. What about me? What about you? Why is life so important? Life is so important because judgment is coming. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. The Bible tells us this. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment, whether with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So why is life so serious? Because judgment is coming. <clears throat> and I know I've read to this, this to you all several times years ago probably, but I thought it was so fitting in light of, of Lester and John David's passing, passing. It's called The Dash. I'd like to read it again to you. This was by Linda Ellis. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on her tombstone, the beginning and the end. He noted that first came the date of her birth, and spoke of the following date with tears. But he said that what mattered most of all was that dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time that she spent alive on earth. And now only those who loved her know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own the cars, the house, the cash. What matters most is how we live and love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things that you would like to change? For you never know how much time is left. You could be at dash mid-range, and we saw that this past week. You could be at dash mid-range. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real, and always try to understand the way other people feel, and be less quick to anger and show appreciation more, and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before, if we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that this special dash lasts only a little while, we don't know how long our dash will last. Let's move to verse 15. James 4:15. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Verse 15 speaks of a close relationship with the Creator. At our creation, I'm sorry, at our conversion, Jesus became our Savior. Not only that, Jesus became our Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says that all things have become new. At your conversion, all things became new. Your allegiance changed. 
also your desires, your goals and ambitions. And we have laid our life down at the cross, the life where we were once governed by the flesh, but now we're directed by the Holy Spirit. And maybe we ought to pray something like this. Lord, what do you desire from me today? I surrender my life anew to you today. Dictate my life as you choose for your honor and for your glory. And you know what? The agenda or the things that you have planned, you're liable to be interrupted. God may take you at your word. If you pray for God to dictate your day, uh, expect some interruptions. God may very well test you. Do you really mean what you're saying? <clears throat> Verse 16. But now ye rejoice in all your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Brothers and sisters, we really have nothing to boast about. Anything good that we have, anything good that we are, belongs to him. And our lives are really only to be a true reflection of his goodness. It's kind of like the moon and how the moon reflects the sun. The moon does not have light of its own. The moon does not have strength of its own. But the moon is a reflection of the sun. And by the grace of God, that's my prayer for you and me, that you and I can reflect the S-O-N in our lives. We are to be a reflection of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. There are a lot of religions in our world today that say, well, if you refrain to do certain things, you'll be accepted. But Jesus raised the bar. If you read Matthew chapter 6, you read, You have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But Jesus said, I say unto you, Jesus raised the bar. And here in Matthew, I'm sorry, here in James, it seems like James also raised the bar. It's not only refraining from doing evil, but doing those things that are good. And if we don't do those things that are good, the James says here that we sin. Sometimes people call this the sin of admission. What about if somebody slanders someone else? What if somebody tells a partial truth and you're in their presence? What about if somebody tells a dirty joke and we are silent? What if we are aware of someone with a physical or a spiritual need? Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in the power of thine own hand to do it. So to withhold good or not do it, James says, is sin. That's pretty serious. So the title of the message this morning, what is your life? I would invite you to 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. 1 John 3, 16 to 18, the Bible tells us, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. 
And brothers and sisters, I honestly believe if we can grasp verse 16, if we can understand it to greater and greater measure, I believe it will help us in the follow-through in verse 17. If we can comprehend verse 16, it will help us to do much better as we follow through in verse 17. But whoso hath this world's goods and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Many of you, many of us are aware, we become aware, whether it's people in this congregation or maybe someone, maybe we receive a flyer from from CAM about uh, what is going on in Afghanistan or the widows in some other place. There are so many things that come our way. Are we just going to turn a blind eye like the uh, man who fell among thieves? You know, the priest and the Levite, they saw the need and they went on by. But the man, the, the Samaritan that met the need, he saw the need and he ministered to the need. And I really believe the more that we understand and appreciate what Jesus has done for us will make a difference in how we relate to each other and helping to each other. So I want to commend us in doing that. Second point of the message, and I only have two today. Dave went over his last Sunday pretty quick. He had ten. I only have two today. The title of the second portion or the second point is, Where is your treasure? And I've really been challenged by this question this week, what, or this, these last couple weeks. Where is your treasure? And I'll tell you why. Sally and I have been involved recently with settling my mother's estate. And we've been to the lawyer, we've provided paper, documentation of assets and liabilities, and etc. And also recently we've been helping go through Uncle George and Aunt Louise's household items preparing for a sale. And you need to make decisions. What is valuable? What is sentimental? What needs to be discarded? Why am I telling you all this? If the Lord tarries one of these days, it's going to be our children going through our treasures and what will they find? So I guess I've been challenged. We've been going through treasures. But when, when our children are going through our things, what will have been important to Jay and Sally? What needs to be discarded and thrown away? What about you? What's important to you? What will your children find uh, when they're going through your treasures? What is it that would have held our focus? Was, it, was our focus on cheap earthly trinkets, something that they can set up on the mantle to gather dust? Or will it be a little money left over that they can bicker over? The challenge to me, or will they find and remember some intangible treasures that last for eternity? I've been challenged. Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 15. Luke 12. Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 15. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to thy brother, I'm sorry, speak to my brother, 
that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Life is not about things that you possess. That's what Jesus said. Let's go over to verse 31. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that ye have, thinking about your treasures. What are you going to do with them? Sell that ye have, and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approaches, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Then I'd like to uh, look at a parallel passage from Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 20. Thinking about our treasures. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, verse 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But what should you do? Verse 20, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. In essence, Jesus said, do not focus on the temporal things or those things whose shelf life is but for a moment. Focus not so much on things, but focus on your relationship with God. Focus on your relationships with others. Be a servant. Be sacrificial in your service to others. The Bible says in another, it's in the New Testament here somewhere, it talks about some that were addicted to the saints. That's a godly addiction. There's a lot of addiction in our world today that are really bad. But there's an account where people were addicted to the saints. Are you and I addicted to the congregation here at the peak? In verse 21, in essence, Jesus says, the treasures that we have will be an indication of what is in our heart. The treasures that we have will be an indication of what we have focused on. What has Jay and Sally focused on? What are you focusing on? What treasures will your, will your children pick up? Will they be tangible, short-lived, or will it be something, an intangible, that will bless them throughout life? But you know, as I think about our children going through our treasures, there's something that's of much greater concern to me. And that is, what treasures will God's great searchlight reveal? Luke chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Luke chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, Beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Now get this. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. 
What kind of treasures will God's searchlight reveal? Hebrews 4.13 from the NIV reads this way. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. In conclusion, I'd like to give you five rhetorical questions that I think have already been answered in this sermon. And from God's word, I'm going to read five rhetorical questions and then we'll call for a song. Number one, what is your life? Two, who gave it to you? Three, for what purpose? Four, what is your treasure? And five, where is it? Shall we have a song?